listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The reading from today is from the Gospel of Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus looked up and saw rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. He said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Be aware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrection, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, They will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a legend that Martin Luther was once asked, if you knew the world would end tomorrow, what would you do today? And Luther, his response was he would plant a tree because when Jesus returns, he wanted Jesus to find him doing what he was created to do, which was to care for the creation. Now, I don't know if Luther actually said that or not, but I love the answer of planting a tree, taking care of the creation that God gave us right up till the end. But I don't believe in the end of the world. I don't think there's anything in scripture that speaks to the end of the world. The passage we have today from from Luke's gospel, we call it apocalyptic literature in a sense. It's, It's disclosing what is to come. Jesus isn't talking about the world ending. He's talking about the age ending. You see, Jesus had a vision for a world of love and life, 
a world where human beings understood who we are as children of God. Human beings understood that we're interconnected to God, to each other, and with the creation. And that we live our lives in a way that produces life and perpetuates life from generation to generation to generation. There's nothing in the New Testament that says the world's going to come to an end, but there's a lot about the age coming to an end. You see, we're living in an age now of violence, an age of fear, an age of division and isolation. We, we have, we've created economies <clears throat> with the intent of trading so that we can, we can uh, have income and we can, we can provide for ourselves. But when we create the concept of economy, what we also create is the potential for some to be at the top and have way more than they need while others are at the bottom. We create the concept of government in order to create stability and structure within society. But when we create the concept of, of government, we also create the potential for some governments to have tremendous power while others have none. You see, these systems that we've created in the world are intended to do well. We create um, uh, systems of health, medical systems, where we, we, we make pharmaceuticals and, and medicines that are intended to help people. Meanwhile, some of them cause death, addiction, other issues. You see the problem. And so are we going to get rid of the systems of the world? No, we've got to have them. They have to exist. But the question is, can we live in a way that aligns with God's vision? And can we participate in ushering in a new age, a new era where love and life win? Well, that's not going to happen through governmental decree. It's not going to happen because rich people suddenly give everything away. It's not going to happen because, you know, the stock exchange uh, ends and, and, and everything is divided among people. It's going to change because we individually choose to live differently. That we choose to live in accordance to God's vision for this world. That we see our wealth not as something to accumulate and keep for ourselves. We see it as a tool. It's a resource. God has blessed us with the wealth that we have so that we can use it for ourselves and our families to have food and shelter. But also so that we can invest it in other people. We can share it with those who have less. I, I look at my own life. I, I had the opportunity to go to college. There was never a question as I was growing up going to school of whether or not I would go to college. My parents made it very clear, you're going to go to college, and we're going to make that happen. We're going to provide the resources for you to go to college. Well, I went to college. Well, then I went to graduate school, and then I went to postgraduate school, Right. And I, I, I've had these opportunities to work with incredibly talented people, mentors, friends, colleagues who have taught me, who have helped to, to shape me so that I can be the pastor of an amazing congregation like Abiding Hope. What a privilege. How many pastors out there will never have the opportunity to serve in a, in a setting like Abiding Hope? I, every single day, I count my blessings to be the lead pastor at Abiding Hope, but I'm also aware that to whom much is given, much is expected. It would not be fair for me to just say, hey, I'm just going to bask in the glow and, 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 and the influence and authority I have as pastor at Abiding Hope. That's not right. God has, has, has provided these privileges for me with the expectation that I pour out 
what I've learned. I pour out my resources. I pour out my gifts and I use them in the service and benefit of others. And I'm thinking other pastors right now. So I don't know if you know this, but we at Abiding Hope, we're, we're working with churches all around the country. We're working with churches in Northeastern Pennsylvania. We're working with congregations in South Dakota, Minnesota, Texas, uh, Florida, Ohio, all over the country where we're coaching pastors, where we're providing resources. We, 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 are, we are creating tools that other churches, other congregations, other leaders can use in order to advance Christ's mission where they are. And so as we're in our Forward and Faith Commitment Week, the question is not how much money are you going to give? This isn't about money. This is about vision. It's about God's dream for the world. The question is, are you willing to participate at a generous level? Are you willing to participate in God's activity in the world? Are you willing to share the blessings you've received from God? Utilize the privileges that you've gotten through education, uh, through economy, th through your job, through, through all of your, your, your connections in society, through family and, 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 and your relational networks in the community. Are you willing to use all of that in order to generate life? And what that means is we share our knowledge, we share our education, we share our money, we share our resources so that others might simply live and be raised up to live as the children of God that they were created to be. There's a passage in Romans chapter 10 that, that says, how are people to come to faith if they've never heard? If they've, they've never heard the gospel, the good news that, that love and life win, that, that they've never heard God's vision of oneness and life for the entire world, if they've, they've never heard who they truly are as children of God. How are they to come to faith? How are they come to trust in this God? You see, our world is divided right now. The political environment is crazy. I'm recording this on election day, so I don't know what's going to happen, but I know it's not going to be unity. <clears throat> I think we're going to continue to see divided uh, 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 senates and, and houses of representatives, not just federally, but in our states and, and, and across the land. When are we going to learn to work together? When are we going to learn to set down political, you know, uh, uh, our, our political identities in order to represent and, and embrace our American identity or our human identity. Think about that. We look at people and we say they're different. The LGBTQIA community, well, they're different from me. Really? They're human. These are human beings. We have far more in common than we have different. We look at people of different ethnicities and say, well, they're, they're, they're not my people. Really? Aren't all human beings uh, in need of air, in need of food, in, in need of shelter, in need of love and acceptance, in need of opportunity? When is it going to happen that we, we let the scales fall from our eyes and we begin to see what God is doing in this world? We need diversity. We need diversity of thought, diversity of ideas, diversity of passions. We, we need that diversity, but we've got to view that diversity through our oneness, through our unity as one humanity. And we work to build humanity. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't align with a particular party. 
He didn't align with, with, with just some. He aligned with all. He, he, he sought to reach out to all people. What's interesting is the people who couldn't hear his message were the rich and the powerful, the people in positions of, of leadership. They couldn't hear his message. The poor could hear it. The, the disenfranchised could hear it. The sick could hear it. The foreigners could hear it because they were hungry for a message of oneness. They were hungry for a message that, that says there's going to be an end to division and violence and hatred in this world. And Jesus proclaimed this message to the point that he irritated the leaders and the power people so much that they had to kill him. They nailed him to a cross. But even while he was on the cross, he proclaimed love. He proclaimed forgiveness. He proclaimed compassion. And on the third day after Jesus died, God raised him from the dead to let us know God's vision is going to happen. God will not stop until we have a world where all are fed, all are included, tears are wiped from every face. God will not stop until there's no more wars, no more poverty, no more uh, uh, violence in the homes or in neighborhoods or in schools or workplaces. God will not stop until human beings finally get it. We finally know and understand and realize, not in our heads, but in our hearts, who we are. We're children of God. We're just, we're just one little stone in the path into the future. This is our time to participate in what God is get, working to get done in the universe. And so the question for us is, are we willing to participate? Not just a little, but with everything. To pour our whole selves out in service and in passion for God's mission in this world. So I pray that this week that you'll go to our website at abidinghope.org. You'll click on Forward in Faith and you'll make your commitment to 2023 to God's mission in this world through Abiding Hope. We take this call very seriously. Between 30 and 40% of all the revenue that comes into Abiding Hope goes out in service of the world. There are not a lot of congregations that can say that, but we're committed to this. We're committed to being the servants, the hard hands and feet of Jesus that we're called to be. And we're not going to stop. And if you don't want to participate, it's like when Jesus, when he was entering into Jerusalem and they said, you know, make the crowds be quiet. He said, if I make the crowds be quiet, be quiet, the rocks themselves will cry out. And I believe that if the, the Holy Spirit, if, if you choose to deny the Holy Spirit and you choose not to participate, God will raise up people the unexpected, to come alongside because God's vision is going to happen and God will not quit. But my prayer is that you will participate. You will recognize you're not here on this earth just to accumulate and achieve for yourself. You're here to be a child of God. You're here to be the hard hands and feet of Jesus in the world. You're here to participate with all of us as siblings in Christ, to generate love and life not just now, but into the future, so that we and all people may experience real life in Jesus' name. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.